listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Rob Anderson and Jason Brown. All right, it is Thursday. Yes, it is. And we are... Uh, off to a wild start. <laughs> off to a really wild start today. You're welcome. <laughs> we have uh, Jenny taking over for Brian today, and uh, she was a little chatty before we... Singing. Listen, Brian never Singing told well. me how to mute it before we That's got right. started, so <laughs> you got to hear me be excited that we were muted and we were not. It was yeah. all excitement. You know, that's all it was. I heard singing. Yeah, I definitely, if there's a mic and a headset, <laughs> I'm going to hit a tune. I'm going to hit those yeah. whistle notes oh, where I carry stuff. It was good. That's yeah, funny. We well, it. hopefully you guys uh, have a good sense of humor and, and understand that we're, um, you know, we're not Marty getting nasty emails. Uh oh, here we go. Uh, no, Brian is out today. Jenny, do you know where he is? He is shooting a video for, I believe, Farm Family of the Year. Okay, yeah. So Brian's out. So we've got uh, Rob and I, normal faces. And Still here. Still Jenny, uh, abnormal face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, it, you know, it's been a, been a fun week so far, uh, been a busy week. Uh, I saw several buttons rolling around the uh, yeah. building. Lots of excitement building for Rock City Burger Week. Yeah, Rock City Burger Week, um, yeah. which I uh, I know that we talked about a little bit. I was just going to see if I could pull up. Because we like to talk about food. Uh, well, we it do. is next week, September 26th through October 2nd. Yeah, um, and I know one of the, one of the things that we, uh, I'm pretty sure I just gave every privacy permission possible uh, to my iPad. So uh, anyway, $9 burgers all week. Like you said, uh, this kicks off the 26th of September, runs through October the 2nd. Some of the participants um, in the uh, in the program is uh, Rosie's Pot and Kettle, which is downtown on 6th Street, uh, south on Main, Hill Station, uh, My Neck of the Woods, Gadwall's Grill, somewhere we uh, frequent. Stone's Throw Brewing. Yeah, Stone's Throw, Skinny J's. Um, you yeah. can find out a lot more at uh, www.rockcityburgerweek.com. And why are we talking about this, you might ask? Well, it is uh, put on or sponsored by the Arkansas Beef Council uh, and others. Yes, and we like we like burgers. Yeah, and uh, first thousand burgers sold there would be a dollar each donated to the arkansas food bank mm -hmm. so all around a, a good cause and a good reason to get excited to eat a nine dollar cheeseburger or hamburger uh yeah i'm all in it i'm all in count me in uh what else we have going on beef speaking of beef yeah beef field keeping day. on that yeah keeping on that theme this is we're way out on this but um i just wanted to, to we're way out on a lot of <laughs> no doubt. Did you just look over at me? Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know no. what you're talking about. Um, uh, beef field. I wanted to just get this in in the mix because I know it's that busy time of year. Right. Um, but beef field day is coming up with the University of Arkansas uh, Division of Agriculture, October 28th. I believe they just announced this this week, so it's fresh off the press. But and we'll talk about it a few more times yeah. and and have more details. But 
October 28th in Hope at the Southwest Research and Extension Center, uh, the Beef uh, Field Day. And I think, obviously, there's some right. focus on forage and hay in that uh, event as well. Well, speaking of, we're, of being a little far out on something, but uh, at least, again, something to put on your radar, put on your calendar. Uh, coming up in January next uh, 2023, we'll be yeah. starting that. It'll be here in no time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, January 25th through 28th is the Arkansas Grown Conference and Expo. Okay. And uh, Arkansas Department of Agriculture's Arkansas Grown Program, partnering with our Arkansas Agriculture Associations and organizations to host the first Arkansas Grown Conference and Expo. All right. Well, that sounds that's, cool. That's going to be here in Little Rock, Embassy Suites. You can find more about it on the ArkansasGrown.org website. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right. Well, speaking of, we were, uh, I guess we'll round out with one one yeah, other ag, gotta, a bit events. of ag news. Yeah. I mean, we, we do. We've, we've got events. Um, this may just become a calendar show. I mean, this <laughs> time of year, uh, and especially winter, uh, the calendar Arcan- to this day in history. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Make our jobs a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, Arkansas ag hall of fame announced this week, um, that they have opened up nominations, uh, for this year's class. Um, that, uh, those nominations are open until November 1st. Uh, you can get all the details, including, um, complete a nomination form at Arkansas Ag Hall of Fame.org. I think also you can just call here at Farm Bureau. Uh, talk to Sindra uh, in the PR department. She can help you out. And, um, and now how about some news? Yeah, let's, let's jump on kick in. right into it. Well, uh, we'll kick off today's news with a follow-up on a story that, uh, Rob, you brought to the show last week. Uh, U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack visited the natural state last week where he met with farmers and held discussions about the USDA's partnerships for climate smart commodities funding. Uh, The program was developed to expand markets for America's climate smart commodities, uh, leverage the greenhouse gas benefits of climate smart commodity production, and provide direct meaningful benefits to production and agriculture, including for small and underserved producers. Uh, On last Wednesday, Secretary Vilsack announced USDA's investment of up to $2.8 billion in 70 selected projects under the first pool of partnerships. Uh, he followed that announcement with a visit to Arkansas on Friday, announced yeah. these funds on Wednesday, was here, here on, Friday. Uh, on Friday in Lone Oak County. Uh, we were there. We were in attendance uh, at, uh, at the event that featured a panel of stakeholders representing USA Rice, Ducks Unlimited, the National Black Growers Council, Winrock International, Tyson Foods, and the University of Arkansas. Uh, the Ag Department was there, too. Um, USA Rice Federation, uh, Winrock International, and, and Tyson Foods will take the lead on major contracts worth at least $160 million in total. Those projects will be geared mostly towards rice production, a few other row crops, and cattle and poultry. Winrock International has got $20 million to help farmers, particularly historically underserved producers, adopt sustainable farming practices. Uh, Winrock is working with Rice and Foods and Arba Intelligence, as well as the Intertribal Agriculture Council. And then, of course, Tyson Foods uh, here in Arkansas will get $60 million to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions and increase sarbon, carbon sequestration in beef production, a topic we were talking about this morning, mm-hmm. and row crops for livestock feed like corn 
and to provide technical assistance and incentive payments to small and underserved producers. To learn more about the projects funded in Arkansas and beyond, believe it or not, there's much more information than that uh, long bit that I just uh, <laughs> shared. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Visit USDA.gov. Jenny's learning all about the fun here, huh? Sorry if your uh, headphones went down a little bit. I was trying to figure out which one was my headphones because y'all are pretty loud in my <laughs> head. Sorry about that. No uh, worries. Yeah, apologies. I saw you over there. I yeah. didn't know if you were about to. Y'all looked like y'all were very concerned at me a, touching this board. Well, well, it's happening. You know what my thought was? Brian never touches that. What could she be doing right now? <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, speaking of funding, uh, yeah. well, there's a little more out there. And this came this morning, an announcement of a half a billion dollars in grants and loans for high-speed internet projects in rural areas. Uh, all the way from Alaska to Alabama. Uh, it was announced by Secretary Vilsack. Uh, he said that the 32 projects in 20 states would receive $502 million in funding through this, the third round of USDA's ReConnect program. Mm-hmm. Uh, with those awards, $858 million has been committed of the $1.15 billion offered in the third round of applications. The okay. largest award announced today went to Pine Belt Telephone Company, which serves West Central Alabama. They received the award of $49.7 million. Wow. There were no Arkansas projects announced in this round uh, today, but the deadline for applications for a similar amount of funding in round four is November 2nd. Uh, wanted to get that out there. According to the yeah. announcement as well, the department will make additional investments for rural high-speed internet in the coming months, including funding from the new infrastructure bill, which uh, provides $65 billion to expand high-speed internet to two communities across the U.S. So okay, a lot of funding flowing right now for yeah. a lot of different types of projects. And obviously, rural broadband has been a big issue for us. And again, nothing yeah. to announce in Arkansas today, but round four is coming with a deadline of November 2nd, plus additional funding coming through another separate law. Yeah. I'm going to make a request uh, off script here. And if you uh, if you are listening to the podcast or you do listen, uh, give us a call, come, drop a comment, and, and let us know if you've seen a change in service or right. speed or quality of connection or something like that, specifically, yeah, we, not, not so much with cellular, but specifically at home. We love to hear success stories or, or stories of progress in this area. So, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. If you're... If you see this, if you're watching it now or if you watch it after the fact, uh-huh. uh, please comment on our Facebook page. Leave us a, a note. Say, yeah, much better here, wherever you are. Um, yeah. We just want to hear about those things and share. Yeah. yeah and, you, and if you want me to come back on the show, <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. free yeah. to comment that as well. Yeah. Yeah, looking for a long line of those comments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear if you've if you've had a, a an improved internet or broadband situation at home. Yeah. Um, all right, just a heads up that the Arkansas Department of Agriculture is reminding producers of protection under the Arkansas Grain Grading Act. Uh, since we've embarked on the harvest season here in the state, it's a good time to remind row crop farmers about this piece of legislation that sets minimum standards for grain grading. It gives producers an opportunity to dispute an issued grade. The Arkansas Grain Grading Act was enacted in 2019 and applies to all grain warehouses in Arkansas. Under the act, grain warehouses and dealers that engage in grain grading must have their programs and graders certified by the Grain Warehouse Section of the Arkansas Department of Ag's Plant Industries Division. 
All grain grading must be conducted according to the USDA's official U.S. standards for grain handbook. A warehouse must grade and sample each delivered load within 24 hours. Warehouses must retain any sample that's received more than a 4% deduction for a minimum of two days. Uh, producers wishing to dispute an issued grade may have the sample regraded by an official grading agency. If you if you request that, the grain warehouse shall provide the sample to the official grading agency. The resulting grade shall be deemed the official grade of the sample. Those wishing to dispute grades must request a regrade within two days, probably because that's the time that the sample's held. More information is available at arkansas.ag agriculture.arkansas.gov I'm sorry that's agriculture.arkansas.gov or you can email grain warehouse at agriculture.arkansas.gov yeah and that uh, something a lot of farmers had a lot of input in and a lot we were mm-hmm. involved in that I mean that's it's important stuff for those farmers and we've seen the importance of it this year in some some areas in the state yeah and so that happened before I was here at Farm Bureau, but I sat in some of the committee hearings here in the state, and it's a really shining example of how producers, when they speak out, they share their voice, their experience. Um, you know, policy can 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 make a change. Yeah, grassroots yeah. success. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's step away from the news to learn a bit about our annual Farm Bureau membership. Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports our work on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and rural communities around the state. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships, to hunger relief and disaster support, and much more. You can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join today at ARFB.com. Did you know your $40 annual ARFB membership contributes to the work being done in your local community? We've talked a lot about uh, this lately, and you can learn more by calling your local county office or simply joining today at ARFB.com. Yeah, Rob, I was thinking since we had Jenny here, and she has a lot of contact with the work going on in counties across the state. I thought uh, Jenny might be able to share a specific example uh, with us. Yeah. do you have something? Text a friend. Uh, I've got something. Uh, they can, yeah, text a friend. Uh, yeah, so I know Prairie County Farm Bureau has been posting a bit. Uh, they're, of course, always participating in Player of the Week. So they congratulated Jack Kirby. He's a senior number three at Desarc High School for Player of the Week. Um, they've been doing that every week. And they've also recognized recently a family in the community as a, the Prairie County Farm Bureau family uh, of the year. Uh, that mm-hmm. was about two days ago. And, uh, yeah, and they're also participating in a September giveaway. It's called Help Us Fight Hunger in Desarc and Hazen Schools. So they're basically saying to enter, you need to donate at least $20 in money or food to either Desarc or Hazen School District for their backpack program, which mm-hmm. helps feed kids over the weekend, mm-hmm. students over the weekend. You can drop off the to the school of your choice or to the Farm Bureau office in Hazen and then comment below letting them know that you donated and you'll be entered in to win a free backpack. Uh, September is Hunger Action Month, if you didn't know nationally. So this is a really cool program to participate in. And Prairie County Farm Bureau, thank you so much for being a champion for your community. Fantastic. We're going to try to do more of that, point out these examples, because, again, that's what the membership supports. It supports this kind of community-level 
activity and support, and we want to kind of highlight that, obviously, going forward. So, yeah, I was at uh, Prairie County's annual meeting on Tuesday night, and or Monday night, I guess, and they honored the farm family there presented yeah. with the plaque. But I'm going to tell you, look, that's one of the best meals I've had <laughs> at an annual meeting. Like, they didn't bring in barbecue catering or right. fried fish. This was a straight-up, ladies of the church down there cooked dinner and served us and yeah. the dessert nice. table was yeah. 10 out of 10. you know i'm starting <laughs> to think as a mar- marketing tactics uh, that instead of promoting like the community efforts we do maybe i should just tell people hey you get really good meals if you go to the annual <laughs> yeah. meeting so join today and go yeah. get a good get, meal get down to the annual it is meeting. it is certainly i'll do it some is testing on that and, and see what uh, happens and incentive well I guess we better get back to the news. Yeah, getting back to the news, I have some results of an interesting study that um, was released this week, in fact. Okay. Uh, This may not be that surprising to some people, but the new study from uh, CoBank and the University of Missouri show that agricultural producers often depend on off-farm jobs, especially those farmers who are just Mm, starting out. Yeah. Uh, CoBank, by the way, is among the largest companies to offer loans and financial services to rural communities. Okay. About 56% of principal farm operators had a job off of the farm in 2017, wow. up from 37% in 1974. So that's quite an increase through the decades mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an interesting study. Uh, among the producers under the age of 35, 63% had other jobs. Wow. Uh, the report states that more reliable income and health care benefits were the top reasons for off-farm jobs, and half of farm households have negative farm income in a given year, so other income sources are critical for most farmers as they pay down agricultural investment debts. 82% of income comes from off-farm sources, giving producers more stability and the ability to support their farms. Young farmers had an average debt-to-income ratio of about 21%. From 2011 to 2019, versus an average of 6.3% for off-farm occupation farms, the university and the bank said. Okay. It's, uh, like I said, this fascinating information. Yeah, this is, I'm I'm blown away by it. Yeah, it's a 46-page study, uh, and management, professional services, natural resources, construction, and maintenance account for a combined 62% of off-farm jobs. Uh, so management, professional services, natural resources, construction, and maintenance. Around 38% of farm spouses work in management and professional services, while mm-hmm. 30% work in trades and healthcare. Yeah. So, again, interesting uh, slice of, of data there about, you know, farm life in general and what it means, especially for younger farmers and the challenges of getting into farming and what you have to do to make that work. Yeah. And, I like, this doesn't even include the folks – the in-laws or the kids who just help on the farm. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, you know, we were recently at the Broadwater Farm in Independence County and Rusty uh, Dennis's uh, son-in-law, I mean, he works in equipment sales, but he's, they're just really flexible with him and he yeah. can come and help on the farm and their daughter is a therapist and, you know, so, yeah. and they aren't, the farm's not in in their name per se you know right. so i mean i mean it's just really amazing the, family and the people who you're seeing out on the yeah. street yep. who are going home at some point and you know moving cows or well, you know doing you something know, that's what, we have that award in young farmers and ranchers that yeah, we award right. to um based on an individual that holds a part-time job and also works full-time on the farm trying to help them out so yeah 
I mean, it's out there. We constantly have plenty of people applying for that. So, well, I'm thinking about ag teachers. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard it's to find an ag teacher that doesn't have a farm. A lot of people balancing the life of farming. They they want to be in yeah. farming, but you know they're doing what they have to do to stay in that mm-hmm. business. Finances just aren't there. What's really interesting too is when you juxtapose juxtapose this word. number <laughs> with uh. Yeah, versus the tw- 1974, but right. then you think farm size has actually increased. So it's odd that farm size increases, right. yet more people have jobs off the farm. And maybe um, that's a factor of larger farms, more farm debt, more. Yeah, it could be. Out. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know, I yeah. guess I, I mean, we're just kind of speculating. In, yeah, but and honestly, I was just I haven't dug into the study. Yeah. I was giving the highlights there, but I just thought it was interesting enough to take a look at. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's very cool. It's 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 a that's a great find on your on your part um well we'll wrap up the week's news with a look at the harvest progress this week uh, i think it's safe to say we're in full swing now uh even those who are late uh getting going are on the move getting crop out of the field um corn made a big jump this week from about half the crop out last week to just under 75 percent as of this past monday it's been sunny and warm and dry all week I wouldn't be surprised when we come back in here Thursday of next week if that's not sitting at 90-plus percent for mm. corn. Uh, the rice harvest continues moving along at 41%, uh, which means we doubled the amount of crop harvested over the past week. Uh, soybeans are slowly coming along with 25% matured and 9% harvested, which is slightly behind this this time last year in the five-year average. That 9% harvested number is a little behind. Uh, bringing up the rear is cotton with 1% harvested and 81% bowls open. You are starting to see those pretty snow white fields around, especially over in the Delta. Now, uh, peanuts set at 2% dug. I did not know that that was the terminology for harvesting peanuts, but USDA, where in the column where yeah. it normally says harvested, dug on, on, on peanuts. That. I yeah, that. it makes sense. They grow yeah. underground, They're you dying. know. But so peanuts set at Two percent dug. Don't make fun of me. That's official terminology, which is quite a bit behind this week last year when we had twenty percent of the crop out of the ground. Wow. So two per, we're about eighteen percent behind. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly hit on a topic that's coming back around, uh, mostly impacting cattle producers. I talked to a couple last night. Um, you know, we've got the board have had the board in town this week, yeah. and that topic is drought. Uh, we had a few burn bans issued in counties this week, and they are on the east side and the west side of the state. We're seeing signs of drought pop up, especially in western counties. Um, again, I talked to a cattle producer last night that said uh, there's some D2 spots in, in his area. So just I know, we, I know we've been all over the map this, this summer, especially with rain and drought and, and, and all that. But well. Anyway, the good news is uh, with some of that late summer rain, some producers were able to squeeze an extra hay cutting in to help offset the hay that they had to feed in the summer months. And as always, we'll continue to monitor the harvest and report back here each week until we're wrapped up. And uh, come to think of it, a Michael Lee, Farm Bureau member, uh, uh-huh. we talked to quite a bit about different things He up near Conway. He mm-hmm. was on THV 11 last night, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talking about this very issue, the weather and the mm-hmm. well, heat this summer and where, where things stand for him. So it yeah. is an ongoing thing, and they're continuing to talk about it. And it's good to see the media paying attention. Mm-hmm. To that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, 
But I'd like to close out today with some uh, something that falls in the line of advice, tips and advice. And it's, okay. it relates to an issue we've talked quite a bit about. But this week is actually National Farm Safety and Health Week. And the theme this year is protecting agriculture's future. One of the major uh, emphasis, emphases, <laughs> mm-hmm, I don't know, this year is an issue, uh, again, that we've talked about a lot. And, and in fact, we talked about it on THV 11 uh, when we were on the Vine midday show last mm-hmm. month. Uh-huh. Uh, road safety, uh, rural road safety in particular, it's because, you know, it's harvest season. Roads throughout rural Arkansas are going to have farm equipment traveling on them as our state's growers work to get that food from the fields to our tables. Uh, Again, we've made a point of mentioning this almost weekly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it so happens that American Farm Bureau took the opportunity to post some commentary on this issue uh, recently, again, with Safety Week going on, Safety and Health Week. So I wanted to share some of those because they offered some key points if you're out there driving on on the roads, here are seven seven simple things we can do. You can do when you meet farm equipment on the road. Oh yeah. Uh, number Good one, one, be alert and cautious. Give large farm equipment and other slow moving vehicles space. Number two, do not pass if you are in a space designated as a no passing zone or in any area that is not safe to do so, mm-hmm. like intersections, bridges, railroad crossings, among others. And I think, you know, when we were on TH11, THV11, we showed a little video clip because mm-hmm. yeah, we we'll have our own video on this topic, but a little video clip of the bridge crossing and how to handle that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that, uh, number three, make sure the tractor isn't trying to make a left turn before you pass on the left. Number four, expect farm equipment to take wider turns and even have to use both lanes at times. And then uh, number five, don't tailgate. Give yourself space between your vehicle and the slow-moving vehicle ahead of you. They're talking to me there. Yeah. I, yeah, no, and I, <laughs> I get that. It happens. Number six, don't assume the farmer knows you're there. Um, ah, that's a good one. So loud in those machines. Yeah, it is loud in there. You've been in a few of these. Yeah. And they're focused. They're trying to get a job done. They're trying to be safe as well. But mm-hmm. you've got to realize that they can't, you know, they don't have the, hear, the hearing. that. They Not exactly a good clear line of sight anywhere either i mean Mm -hmm. you know i mean Mm -hmm. so as number seven be careful when you do get the chance to pass farmers will often move their equipment over when it is safe to do so be mindful of the areas around grain elevators auction barns farm entrances farm entrances yeah farm equipment and heavily loaded trucks will be turning in and pulling out onto the roadway from these kinds of places this is same as true of logging areas uh big logging trucks coming and going uh, as you drive behind or pass a farmer or rancher, uh, you know, just think about how you'd feel. If that was your spouse, your child, your parent. It's that's in that a, vehicle. Yeah, that's a really good call. Uh, and treat them, with, you know, respectfully and accordingly. Be on the lookout for our new series yeah. on this topic uh, called Cultiv- Cultivating Safe Roads. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some videos with these similar types of tips, and we'll actually illustrate what this means and like i said like i pointed out earlier the bridge crossing scenario mm-hmm. we have a very helpful video on that um but they'll be coming soon to our website arfb.com and our social channels so be on the lookout for that cool. yeah yeah cool, cool. a lot of work a lot of good work being done there uh these are some really strong reminders it really boils down to time like mm-hmm. be patient right everybody yeah. wants to get home safe it's not like always blinkers said. on the machines like you just yeah, yeah. And look, you've got your, you may have your family in the car. You want to be safe. That farmer wants to get home safely to his or her yeah. family mm-hmm. at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. So just keep yeah. that in mind. We all have the same goal in mind. That's so, right. 
Well, Jenny, I don't know if you listen or watch the show very often. Don't tell us if you don't. Just pretend you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know that Brian always brings some this day in history knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Uh, If you watch, then you may have brought your own today. I did. In fact, I did some research before I came on. Mm -hmm. um, And then I also vetted that out to see if they were appropriate today in history. Because some historical events definitely aren't. Brian cuts out quite a few events that he comes across. So I went ahead and ran that through. I always need to do that before I start speaking. Um, But I do have a couple. Okay. Are you going to quiz us? Sometimes he... He forms it in a quiz? Yeah, he Okay, 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 okay. He may. All right, I got this. You don't have to. All right. So, in 1994... This great t- music here. This TV sitcom created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman oh, debuted on, on NBC. Friends, got it. I forgot how old y'all are. <laughs> Come on, Brian for- never says that. I forgot yeah. that, it, that. I just thought, <laughs> you know, have to deal with. in my head, I was like, do I omit the producers' names or do I leave them in? But then y'all so old that well, y'all knew the producer names. I almost just said when he said, "Hello, sitcom. Brian. <laughs> Hello, yeah. can you get back here soon?" When you said 94 and you said sitcom, I almost went Friends. Yeah. It could be like Seinfeld or something. I don't know. No, Modern No, because that's not. That's not. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> all right. Next one. Next one. All right. So let's see if y'all get this one. All right. In 1920. This is a sport one, by the way. Oh, boy. Oh, is it tennis? <laughs> no. uh, oh, Rob cool. kills in, tennis. Rob kills tennis. Trivia. Yeah. Right. Well, if you listen to the right. podcast. In, in 1920, a grand jury convenes to investigate charges that eight players from this organization Chicago White Sox. conspired mm-hmm. to fix the 1919 World Series. Yes, it the is the Chicago Grants. White Sox. <laughs> yeah. What? Black, Who are y'all? The Black Sox. That's what they called them. That Shoe, is that shoeless Joe Jackson? Yes. Is that all that? Yeah. What is like? Bring the heat this. when you come in here, okay? Yeah. This is. We are ready. A really cutthroat. <laughs> I think y'all need to do a spinoff series where you just say random facts and Rob just sits here and goes, and it's like, oh yeah, that was right. Look, if we want to do a trivia team, I'm. Yeah. Do you go, do you yeah. like what what how? You know, there's a movie about that. Yeah, but do you <laughs> just sit around and learn <laughs> trivia facts? Like, are you always somewhere? Answering trivia? My mind is broken, and it only remembers (laughs) these random facts. Important things? I don't know. But I've got all the random facts you could ever want. Plus, Rob is just generally like a pop culture. Well, how about this one? How about this one? one. I was was not going to do it because I was like, no way. So here we go. Let's see how well you know about the 1800s, Oh, history Uh is his wheelhouse. In 1869, an opera called Das... Ringgold, the first piece of his ring cycle, premieres in Munich, Germany. Who produced that opera? Oh, Lord. Uh, okay. Um, 1869. It's not Wagner. Is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it? It's, I'm Richard Wagner. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. That's what a good point to go. Who wants that's to be on my trivia team? Who a, are you? That's a good place to end this. Yeah, we better wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the newscast, uh, the news for this week, rather. Wow. We're just uh, going to stay here and keep blowing Jenny's mind, but you guys don't have to listen to it. Thank you for joining <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Really appreciate it. 
thanks for following along with the Arkansas Agcast. We're grateful for you taking the time to watch and listen. That's the that would be the wrong. Sorry, that ain't the outro. My bad. That's yeah, right. Just remember, you can catch this live stream live stream every Thursday, two p.m. Facebook and YouTube. Turn on those notifications, get the alerts, listen to the audio version later on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, the Arkansas iCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau and hosted by me, Jason Brown. And me, Rob Anderson. Our show today is produced by the one and only Jenny Higgs. That's right. Brian Pistole and Matthew McDefrow. We'll see you next week. <laughs>